Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Average Money Podcast. Today's is a little different. For the first time in the Average Money Podcast history, Brad and I are going to be playing multiple voicemails, but they're all around the same topic. And it's a topic that Brad and I love to talk about. We love it so much that we've actually made a course on it. We'll touch on that a little bit more in the episode. But if you guys are new here, this is the Average Money Podcast. My name is JJ, and I am joined, as always, with my good friend, Brad. How you doing, buddy? I love everything right now. <laughs> okay, I, I can dig it. <laughs> no, I mean... I love everything, too, bud. I've said it the last couple... I, I was going to go with I'm living the dream, but I feel like I, I just keep saying I really am, though. I, I just... And I'm on vacation, right? So no W-2 job this week. New York weather, the Fresenthia bushes are starting to bloom, which means I got to get my halt crabgrass down and uh, prevent her down and just things. When you live in a place that actually has seasons, the change of season is a change of mindset. And fall is dope because you're just so sick of like sweating all the time. You get to put hoodies on, but there's something about spring, man. I'm just... I'm, I'm feeling good, and I hate to say it too. I've kind of slowed down the drinking during the week since I've turned older, so maybe I got a little more pep in my step. I'm feeling good, bud. feeling good. I, 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 I ramble. I feel good. No, that's probably what it is. And, and I'm, you're I'm coming big... too. You're coming like in a week. I'm freaking stoked. Yeah, let's, no, go. Let's, let's go. Let's go, baby. Go let's go. No, it's going to be a good time, and I'm, a, I'm the same way, man. I love my seasons. I love my fall. I love my spring. Everything's co- every, everything comes alive in spring. Yeah. So uh, it's going to be a good time. But yeah, so today, Brad... We got three different episodes, or not, not episodes, but three different voicemails we're going to be playing all around the same topic. And as everyone who pro- already downloaded the uh, the episode today, they, they, they know they have an idea of what it's about. Spoiler alert. Title. Yeah, no doubt, right? Title, so of, we, the title of the episode. Spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> so we've had, you know, we've had a few voicemails come in around the same topic being options trading. And this is something that Brad and I have been doing for a while, and it's something that uh, we love talking about. And there were some good questions that came on. Brad and I decided that we wanted to get them all grouped together and have just a big old fun Friday episode all about options trading. There's some mistakes in here. There's some things to look out for. And there's just a general kind of basic quick overview of kind of what Brad and I do whenever we are trading options. So... Do we want to listen to the first voicemail or you got anything else you want to add real quick, Brad? Yeah, we've, I also want the listeners to know that like, I, especially me personally, I've become so, I mean, I'm almost known on YouTube now as like the options guy, but it's really like the least amount of investing I do. And we are passionate about, like you mentioned, we did make a course, the beginner's guide. And we've sat down on this podcast, you and I, and tried to record yes. a cash secure put episode and, or the wheel strategy it's just so hard when you're driving to work and like numbers and things. I feel like options are very, very visual. And the reason we like these particular questions is because we didn't need to necessarily talk the vocabulary of them. Really what I want to say, if you're a regular listener and you're like, I want to give this a shot, but you don't really know what options are, this might be one you come back to later on. I mean, I think that options should be a part of everyone's like financial investing journey even if it's not a primary it's not my primary it's like my sport money but it's Same. just it's it's well versed it's it's it could be it's very for me it's hobbyist like so if you are an index fund guy like me you can do this as a hobby as a sport as something fun to do or with friends or whatever so if you're not options now 
that doesn't mean like turn the episode off and never come back to it because you and I, we once said, I'm too risky, too dangerous. Yep. Yep. Vanguard, you know, and now, yeah, no, you know, it's, it's awesome. So yeah, we got a couple and we're trying to put them like in order, I think. Kind of, we tried. Yeah, I think we got a decent order with them. So we'll do we'll do one at a story. Yeah, we're gonna do one at a time, right? We're not yeah. gonna play all three voicemails right. and then talk about them all. So we'll do bloop bloop bloop. All right. Yep. Yeah, it. it'll be a good one. And I do also want to mention too. I want to piggyback off that real quick. Is you know it, this is like kind of like hobby money for you and I. And you know instead of Brad and I going out and buying the brand new nice golf clubs, we're choosing to spend the five hundred dollars or you know four grand or whatever yes. we're using to maybe possibly make us some extra money, you know, and that's, and that's fun to Brad and I, and I know yeah. that's fun to the listeners out there too. You know, I also like to say this, every dollar I use that I am using for options is money that I'm willing to lose on an exception of when I'm selling covered calls and cash accrued puts. Yeah. We'll get into that in a second. Yeah. This is like, this is like money that I would take to the bar. Like for those that yeah. don't follow me on YouTube right now, we're currently at the end of March. We're about to start April. My Roth IRA is fully funded. My 457, I think I have one more paycheck and that's fully funded. My 403B will be fully funded immediately after that. And I've made videos and I just actually made my first Instagram post in like six months today that <laughs> I firmly believe if you don't have your Roth IRA maxed out that you should not have any money in a brokerage account. And that kind of stemmed off an episode we just had. But yeah, no, this this really should be... it's. I'm not saying you can't make a living trading options. I can't, I'm not saying that. I'm saying it's very, very hard to do. It requires a lot more time than people lead on to believe, but it's still, it's still a fun time. If you can do it with some money, when, when you don't have to worry about feeding your kids or paying the mortgage right, and right. stuff, and you can just have a little bit of fun with it, it's like we're not really like, we don't talk baseball and football. We talk covered calls, cash cure puts, and leaps options. And making money, baby. Let's go. All right, play Let's that go. first one, bud. All right. This uh, the first voicemail comes from. I may mispronounce, missay this, but a dingy Stevens. Um. Hello. I just joined the Discord, and the main question and the main thing I'm trying to learn is option trading. I get it, but I don't really get it. I've done like like two trades, and well, I'm on my second trade, and I think I made a good one, but I'm not really confident in it. So. Because my first one, I didn't really do so good. And I'm, I'm really trying to learn to how to trade and be a better trader. So I would really appreciate it if I can get some help and some feedback on truly understanding how to be an option trader and what would be some good moves to make and how to, you know, read a chart and all that kind of stuff. So I would really appreciate it if I can get some help. You want to start? Yeah. Well, real quick is my main thing with options trading is... I kind of started off as I never even batted an eye at it. It was one of those things that I never really wanted to look into because I thought it was too risky. And then my boy Brad kind of was like, hey, man, just just look look what I'm doing here. My question to you is, Brad, if you're talking to somebody, I'm going to call him Stevens. If you're talking to somebody like Stevens, you know, and he says, I want to get into this options trading and, you know, all the other boxes are already checked. You know, we talked about at the beginning of the episode. How are you going to tell them, you know, like, what would you not, again, this isn't financial advice in any of this, this whole episode, guys, but if I'm talking to Brad, I'm like, what do you think would be the best way to start? Or what's the best options trade to make for somebody who's just getting started? What would you say? 
so I, I, I just mentioned that we don't really like sports, but I will, I've often done it and I'll do it again. Options are a lot like sports. To say you like options as you're wearing a lacrosse jersey or hoodie. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go orange. Um, no, but there's to say you don't like options, to say you don't like sports. There's so many sports, there's so many different types of sports, there's so many there's there's a sport out there for everyone, right? Well, there's really an option out there for everybody. And I'm just gonna go under the assumption that I'm just gonna lay out a couple things quick before I answer your question. There's a big difference between day trading, because I heard him mention charts. Yeah. Uh, that's even outside. I don't know how to analyze charts. My Discord knows it. Like I'm not a day trader. I'm not a momentum trader. Like that's not that's not the options that I'm talking about. So I'm talking Neither about am I. I'm talking about long term buying calls and puts and selling calls and puts. Also, too, to answer his question or to mention something he said, like you're going to lose money trading options. The probability of profit, profit or the pop is low, right? Less people make money selling options than don't. And I think there's really what I've seen is the likelihood for success is the less greedy you are, the more likely you are to succeed. Do you want to pick up small crumbs over a long period of time or do you want to find the whole piece of bread but you don't have a map? So it's I'm more of the pick up crumbs. I I don't none of my options trades or things except with the exception of Uzi's doing pretty good but with like none of them are things that I'm going to be on TikTok talking about or that I'm going to be <laughs> I'm going to be standing in front of a Lambo. I am just like I'm a boring index fund stock investor. I am a boring ass options trader. You are a boring options trader. But <laughs> but if you talk to anybody in my Discord, I'm I'm doing pretty well. So now to answer your question. The first thing I ask somebody is if they hold 100 shares of a stock. If the answer is yes, I'm going to start to walk them down the line of the covered call because there is such a defined risk. You get to control so much of the risk in your covered call, and I think that's going to be part of the next question that we have coming up, so I won't get too far into that now. That's the first place. I'm going to follow that up if they don't have 100 shares. I'm going to say, build up 100 shares. That's usually a good time period to learn. Like Build up 100 shares in a company that you want to own, in a company you want. If you cannot afford a good quality stock to do this with, you shouldn't be trading options in my opinion. Just my opinion. There is the cash secure put side of selling. I, I've done it. I don't really love it. I don't like tying up collateral. I don't like tying that up. And also, yes, you could sell naked puts. Once again, vocabulary I don't want to talk about. I'm not a margin guy. But to answer your question, JJ, the first place I'm going to tell people to go is get 100 shares of a stock that you don't have a ton of unrealized capital gains in because you are going to get assigned eventually and start thinking about the covered call and learning about the covered call. And I'm gonna I'm gonna agree with that. And I'm gonna just piggyback one more thing on that is uh, do this with a stock that you're not married to, mm-hmm. you know? Because I know I have stocks in my portfolio that I would never do place a covered call on because I don't want to sell. I don't want to sell the stock. Yeah. I want to keep it in my portfolio for 10, 20 plus years. I may have a stock in there that I own 100 shares on. I'm like, yeah, you know, I want to I want to I want to get some a larger little bit of a cash position. And, you know, start play, trading some or placing some covered calls on this stock. Yeah. And if I happen to get assigned and I have to sell my 100 shares or whatever it may be, then so be it. I'm okay with that. But make sure you're doing that with a stock that you're okay to sell. You don't want to be doing this with the stock. If you own Apple, you know, and you don't want to sell your Apple shares, don't place a covered call on Apple. And also, I wanted, I mentioned it quick. I just want to reiterate it because this is super important. If you're somebody that's 
holding a hundred shares, like maybe you've been investing for years, right? And you're in your mid late thirties and you have some stocks that have an enormous amount of unrealized gains. I'm not going to go that route. I think meet Kevin, he has thousands of shares of Tesla. And I think I heard somebody said to him, like, do you know right now it was during the Tesla run up, how much money you could be making selling covered calls against those. And he was like, bro, I'm going to get assigned eventually, right? And the guy's like, yeah, yeah. I mean, we all get assigned, blah, 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 blah. He's like, I'm going to have such a taxable event if I get assigned that it's not worth the risk to me. So you have to think about that, right? There is a taxable event. And uh, the other reason I like I like covered calls is because when we sell options, we get premium. So you're going to make money right off the bat immediately. And your worst case scenario is you're just going to have to sell the shares at the sh- at the price that you want to sell them at. So like I said, there's that defined risk. We'll talk about it in a second. But yep, I'm, I'm going to go covered call. Covered call all day. I agree with you 100%. I want to say something real too, real quick to all the listeners out there who already may be confused is, you know, again, this is hard to explain on a podcast to really fully understand it. And I would recommend, you know, like, not just diving into trading options if you have no idea what you're talking about guys you can go learn you know how to trade options and if you want one way that brad or what brad and i have done is we have set up a the beginner's guide to trading options as a course if you want 50 percent off use a coupon code live 50 l-i-v-e 50 you get 50 percent off and we do have a step-by-step procedure of from the very beginning to the you know buying selling you know the wheel strategy is included in there as well, uh, and you 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 know you get a lot better understanding of exactly what's going on. And yes, full disclosure, like could you go through our content and find all of that stuff in some way, shape, form, or another? Yeah, but you're gonna have to piece it together, go in the right order that you want to go yeah, in. Yeah, exactly. You know that we just did that, so it's really updated with our education. Where I know, like my covered call video is like over a year and a half old. So, you know, there's there there are other options, but that is a great place to have our voices, the way we explain things in the order at which it was to be presented. I have a master's degree in education, so I know how to present information, but yeah, no, that's, it is good and it's gotten amazing feedback. So that's why I have no problem plugging it. We're not telling you to do it. We're just telling you it's there. We really don't need to plug it. It's been very successful and the feedback is awesome, but we'd be donkeys if we didn't mention it, right? That's for sure. Well, it took us a lot of time to put together though too, you know? So anyways, let's get back to what we were talking about. So First place where we'd start as covered calls. Yeah, that's really it. I mean, I like that he's diving into it and you're going to lose money. I've been burned. Everyone's been burned. I have too. But if you, A, mitigate how much you're going to get burned by, know your worst case scenario, doesn't sting as much. And if it's money you were going to spend on, you know, Jaeger bomb shots, <laughs> then you, you don't get burned either. Let's move on to that next one, JJ. All right. So here's the next voicemail. Hey guys, Josh from Kentucky here. Love the show, great podcast, keep up the great work. I look forward to listening to you each and every week. I hope y'all can answer my question. I recently bought 100 shares of DNN, which is a fairly cheap stock. I think I purchased them for $1.07 a share. Wanted to try the options trading, so I sold a covered call on those 100 shares but I accidentally selected less than the $1.07 I purchased it for. Therefore, I'm below the price. Probably the biggest rookie mistake I can make. Please shed some light on this. I really appreciate it. Thank y'all. Keep up the good work. So I just want to start with 
the cost of shares and the cost of things. I'm not saying that $1.07, there's no good stocks at $1.07. I'm saying don't start options because they're affordable to you. Like, don't rush into an option. I'll give a great example. When I first started the wheel strategy, I did Wells Fargo because it was a stock I could afford to buy 100 shares. I think at the time it was like $20, so it cost me $2,800 for that 100 share contract. And that was something I could afford. I went back and forth between that and AT&T. And I chose Wells Fargo because the premiums were higher than AT&T. And it turned out that I didn't really know much because the reason the premiums were higher is because it was so volatile and nobody knew what was going on and they were getting themselves in hot water. So I picked a stock that I could quote afford without doing my due diligence on that stock and going back to not being able to own that stock and want to hold that stock. Price dropped 10 bucks. I bag held that for almost two years collecting premiums after premiums to try and break even barely broke even after two years. And I learned a very valuable lesson. And that valuable lesson is back to what we said previously. These need to be stocks that you would own. Options is the is what you do after, especially if you're going to be selling. We can get like buying options. I wouldn't even recommend buying options. I know that you can do it, blah, blah, blah. But I personally, just because the education factor, I wouldn't buy options until I knew the front, back of the Greeks and everything, all the vocabulary of selling calls and selling puts. So I hope that you didn't just dive into that stock because it was 107, it was the dollar seven, you can get 100 shares for 100 bucks because that that probably in the long run will come back to get you. It, it re- I think it'll get you. To really answer your other question about the basis, yeah, I mean, a beginner mistake, that's something, but I think we've all done it. I've done it on purpose. I mean, I've had times where my basis, I think one of them was, hmm, trying to think of like the one most recently, maybe it was either Pfizer or AbbVie, and I held that stock and it just tanked. It dropped like 20%. And the thing was, my basis was really, really far away. But I was still able to use my knowledge of the Greeks and Delta and Theta and things like that to still make a very, very reasonable option trade and keep my risk tolerance low, even though I chose a strike that was below my basis. So this is where that extended education comes in with knowing the Greeks and things like that. I mean, you just flat out made a mistake, but there's times where you're going to, you're, you're going to make a trade or a strike that's less than your basis to say that I would never do. It and it's the worst thing you could do. It's not the biggest, bigger beginner mistake ever. Trust me. There's a lot of bigger ones, but you know, not the end of the world. The worst comes the worst. You know, you sell it for a dollar below your basis, you lost a hundred bucks. You lost a hundred bucks. And to be honest, if you can't lose a hundred bucks, you probably shouldn't be option trading it. You should probably be, you know, using that hundred bucks to get yourself an education, you know? So I'm okay with what happened here. I'm okay with what happened with him. And I like a, that you went with the covered call that you had Mm -hmm. the shares, you know, at least at the end of the day, when you sell calls and puts that you're going to. You're going to get money, right? So the only thing we really lose is we lose 100 shares or we get 100 shares. We get 100. Now, with the price that you get them at, you might lose some unrealized capital gains and things like that. But when you sell calls and puts, all you're doing is you're losing 100 shares. If your call gets assigned, you're buying 100 shares. There's always going to be a shares transaction that you could fall back on. Yeah, and I'm going to tell them too, like, you know, there's always going to be rookie mistakes in, in everything you do when you're buying stocks, when you're trading options, whenever you're 
you know, going on your first date, whatever it may be, and you know you're going to have rookie mistakes. So, how many times, JJ? How many times have you thought you were selling a call and you bought a call by accident because you didn't click sell on the top of the screen? So you beat me to it. That's actually <laughs> what I was just about to say. Because we've all done it. I've done it ten oh, yeah. times. We've all done it. Yep. Yeah. And, and this I, dude's yeah. going to do it too. One day you're going to yep. be so excited. You're like, I got all my numbers. Boop, 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 boop. And then you're going to be like, oh, wait, that says plus one call. Yep. Wait, that says, that says debit. I was supposed to get a, where did my pre, so many times in my comment section, I, I was supposed to get a credit. And I'm like, can you just email me a screenshot? I'm like, you bought a call, buddy. You just paid money. But yep. Yeah. I, I've done it too. I, you get so jacked up. Yeah, if you well, you get so jacked up too if you're like if you're gonna getting ready to sell for profits, you know. You I got, um, let's say I'm making five hundred bucks on this one trade. I'm like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm pumped, I'm excited, and I'm not even thinking. And I go to do the order, place the order, and then bam, I just bought my you know however many contracts I had. You know, instead of selling the clothes or whatever, you know, vice versa or whatever it may be. But uh, yeah, man, everybody makes rookie mistakes. You know, uh, I still make mistakes to this day. Nobody's perfect, so that's when take I, it as that's when I learned how to close an option. <laughs> but I mean, there was a, uh, how do I get out of this? Uh, how do I get out of a trade that I just made? Oh, I can yeah. close options. Okay, yep. probably yep. should have known that before I started trading options. But whatever. absolutely, absolutely, <laughs> yep, a hundred percent, man. All right, so we got one more voicemail to get to, yep. and uh, let's, let's let's go ahead and give this one a listen. Hey, average money podcast. This is Matt, and I have a question about options trading. So currently, CCIV dropped down to $40, and I'm curious, you can sell an option right now, a $50 strike price, and get over $1,500 for that strike price. Now, you hold it until March 19th, and you know if it doesn't, what I understand is, if it sells, if it goes above 55, they could execute the uh, option and you would sell the shares to them for $55. So you paid $40 for the, for the share. You've made $1,500 for doing the call option and you'll get paid $55 a share. So you'll make a $1,500 profit off your 100 shares. Like that's, from what I was doing the math, that's like over 70% return on your four thousand dollars you paid what am i missing here what is like why why wouldn't if you believe in the company but you don't think it's going to hit that price point like what's the deal what what am i missing here because cciv right now has crazy prices per share on their call options i'm just trying to figure out what's going on with it help me out here help me understand this thanks i got you (laughs) you want to go yeah you take it but real quick i do want to say that voicemail was about a month old. Yes. Uh, we were going through and collecting all of the options. So right now, currently, CCIV is trading at 2360 from when we're recording this. Um, and we can kind of touch on that too, Brad, if you want. But go ahead. Take it over, bud. We did want to... We kind of wanted to see what would happen with that one. We wanted that call to age a little bit. And I'll tell you exactly what... You said, what are you missing? Or like, why is it? So... If we understand what makes up premium, really simple. There's intrinsic and extrinsic value. The extrinsic value is the thing we care about here. And there's two factors when it comes to extrinsic value. One of them is time to expiration, which was really irrelevant in this question. And the other huge one is implied volatility. The reason the values of CCIV is so high or was so high is because it is so volatile. I mean, guys, options, yeah, you can win. 
the, you, your numbers were right. Now, the only thing I would really ask is, you said if I uh, if you if I sell an option, well, there's two options you could sell. I assume that you're saying I want to buy a hundred shares, which is going to cost me four grand, and then I'm going to sell a covered call against it at the fifty five dollar strike. If that's what you meant, yeah, your numbers are right. Does it seem a little wacky? Like, does it seem like maybe you were checking those after market hours because? Sometimes people don't realize like share prices fluctuate after hours. If you go on your brokerage, you can see like after hours pricing where options premiums, they stop at the end of the trading day and they won't change again till the morning, even though the share prices. So sometimes the never check options value uh, values and during off hours. I'm not saying you did. Your numbers were right. But you, you also said a great thing too. If you, well, if you believe in the company, I don't believe in CCIV. So uh, but uh, this isn't a debate about CC Valley. If you believe that, yes, we've talked about in my Discord, and sorry, Aaron, as a veto, when you make a covered call, you have a short-term bearish or neutral position, and you want to hedge against that bearish or neutral position by selling a covered call and collecting premium. Absolutely. But let's look at less than one month, right? That expiration you were talking about was March 19th, right? So what's today, the 26th, 27th? 30th. Thir- your birthday tomorrow, bro. Anyway, <laughs> but it's the 30th, so... In less than a week, those 100 shares that you paid four grand for, you've lost 50% there. So now you're bag holding two grand. You got the 15 hundo, but you haven't broke even. So now what do you do? Do you sell another covered call? Well, as we just mentioned, what's your basis? Your basis is, your cost basis is $40. So where are you going to be able to make a covered call to get some premium back? So I don't know, like, it, guys, implied volatility is great for buyers. It is awful for sellers. You, When you are selling options, implied volatility is your nightmare. You want the value of options when you are selling to be worthless. You want them to go to zero so you can buy to call them, so you can buy to close them back at a, a smaller price later. So the only thing, the thing that if, like I said, and this is, I'm being constructive like you asked. I'm not trying to be rude and I'm definitely not talking down because I've these are mistakes I've made. The thing that you really missed is we should not really be selling options with uh, selling calls and puts with volatile stocks. In my opinion, you're just you're taking away some of that defined risk that you have for yourself and you're giving an advantage to the buyer when you do that. Because the reason that the option is so high is because the buyer is more likely to profit from that, they're willing to give fifteen hundred bucks because they know that most spacs are garbage and they're mostly hype. And once they see the top for a spac, and they start to see it start to trickle, 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 that's why it's the same reason for GameStop that we were buying it on the way up because we knew it was going to go up, 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 up. So that's why the options buying options for that was great, you know. And the sellers made a bunch of money on GameStop and and AMC calls, but they ended up losing because of implied volatility. Boom. Nailed it. Got it. Yeah, I mean, it's it really does come down to, you know, and this goes back to maybe Brad and I being boring old average dudes, but I like selling calls and puts on stocks that are relatively flat trading stocks that are good quality companies that aren't super volatile. And you can just keep doing that over and over and over again. You know, it, I'm not worried about 
AT&T jumping up to $60 and AT&T dropping back down to 15 or, you know, whatever, whatever stock you're using. Uh, it's just, uh, it's very risky. You know, I wish I knew, I knew, I wish I knew the deltas for those two. I wish I did too, because like I said, and I keep mentioning the Greeks and in my video about it, the Greeks is like a cheat code. If you understand the Greeks and not just the tradition, like the, the common ones of theta and delta, but if you understand the other ones and how theta and how delta are affected, implied volatility is going to be vega. So it's like we have to, I'm sure, oh God, I can't even imagine what the vega was. But then the vega pretty much is saying how much is that options value going to change with a 1% change in implied volatility? That, and when you have these things that are jumping implied volatilities all over the place, really re- great for buyers. Buyers love volatility because it keeps the value high because of extrinsic value. Sellers, guys, we don't want implied volatility. That's maybe I should have put that in my list of criteria before. Like, make sure you don't have, make sure you're not married to the stock. Make sure that you don't have a ton of unrealized capital gains and stay away from implied volatility. Brad, what's a high implied volatility? You kind of got to look. Everything's relative. You got to look at the past implied volatility of that stock. That's all I really got to say about that. Good stuff. Good luck oh, with that CCIV. I, I don't, I would love, can you get inside the Discord chat and tell us if you made that call? I'm, I'm curious because it was a month ago. Yeah, I'd like to know more uh, information about yeah, it. Yeah, and because I also want to help strategize if you are bag holding at four grand, I'm kind of curious what you add and maybe we can talk some patience and how to not fix that because you didn't do anything wrong. But what happens like when I held Wells Fargo for two years and I had to bag hold one weekly premium at a time, $12 at a time until I made back two grand in premiums. That's how I broke even on Wells Fargo. Then I got but, rid of, yeah. Un- this is another reason why it's good to hold, to do this and, and to have these 100 shares in a stock you're willing to own right. for a long time. Because, you know, you could always, you could also be averaging down in CCIV right now. If you, if you truly believe in the company, like yep. you said, mm-hmm. just buy, buy shares at 20, 22, 23 bucks yep. and average down your, your cost basis. So. And, you, and if you're bag holding stocks that pay dividends, that's another way you're going to recuperate some losses by collecting dividends. So it's not the end of the world. If it, That's the other reason why I like covered calls over cash secure puts, essentially. Right. Because with a covered call, at the end of the day, you're bag holding a stock you really loved anyway. And you're going to get to recoup it while you hold the stock. While cash secure put, the price, if you go worthless, the price is higher and higher and higher. And now when you get assigned, you're going to get assigned at a higher price and be buying shares at a higher price. When you start with the covered call, you get to decide your initial basis and where you're going to start from. Yep. Good stuff, Brad. All right, buddy. Uh, yeah, guys, we, I hope you guys like this one. It was, you know, options trading, like we said, it, it's very hard to discuss and to get into details uh, on a podcast, but I hope you guys got some value out of it. Uh, you know, Brad and I do both have videos on options trading on our YouTube channels if you want to check it out. But uh, we appreciate you guys listening. We appreciate you guys joining in on today's episode. If you guys haven't already, leave a voicemail. Please. Leave a voicemail. Anything financially related, lifestyle related, whatever you guys, you know, whatever your heart desires, you can uh, leave us a voicemail. There's a link down below in the show notes. You got about 90 seconds or so to uh, to leave your leave your question. I want to just mention because I had somebody DM me and they were nervous about leaving a voicemail. I'm not going to say it is because I don't want to call them out, but they were nervous about leaving a voicemail because they thought it was quote too beginner. Guys, we want the full spectrum here. We want every, like 
I am never going to listen to a voicemail and be like, <laughs> loser. You know, like it's yeah because I remember the early days and I've learned so much more from the early days than I'm learning now. So we want to set that foundation for people. It's This is not, I mean, options is a part of that. So for the same reason we don't want to downplay Dave Ramsey's seven baby steps, we don't want to downplay options and say they're too complicated. We want to hit that full range. So please, guys, retirement. We have a, we have a couple of voicemails about retirement accounts we got coming up. Please leave us voicemails. Don't be shy. Yep. Thanks, Brad. No, seriously, though, he's right. I mean, there's no, there's no... There's no dumb questions or anything like that. We, I'm sure we've all had them, even if no, ma- no matter how beginner type of question they are. But anyways, guys, again, thank you all so much for listening. Uh, if you haven't already, uh, one way to help out the podcast is to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. That really does help out the, uh, the show. And uh, guys, I'll end it here. Thank you all so much for listening. And until the next one, you all take care. Hey guys, so in today's world, it is extremely important to make sure you are protecting your online privacy and identity. You have to think about this when you are traveling or you're out using public Wi-Fi, checking your Robinhood portfolio, or just browsing the internet. It is so important to make sure you have a VPN service so that way you are protecting yourself and your online identity. One way you can do this is by using a VPN service, and the VPN Brad and I recommend and use is the world's leading VPN, Private Internet Access. With Private Internet Access, you can browse anonymously with a private IP address and enable strong encryption to protect yourself from your ISP and public Wi-Fi networks. You can also get access to tons of new content on platforms like Netflix, Disney+, Amazon Prime Video, HBO Go, and more. Private internet access provides the highest speeds and most encryption. If you guys are interested in protecting yourself online, then for a limited time only, you can get two years plus three months free for only $2.59 per month. When you go to privateinternetaccess.com slash average money, there is a link also in the show notes for you guys to click on.